Hey everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and this week we have a great interview segment with Travis Vingoff and Caitlin Statz, uh, the makers of the Liberty Endures, Liberty Incep- Deception, Inception, wow, Liberty series of audio dramas and comic books uh, that are you can get online, and we're going to have links that you can go on fangirlmag.com for all their stuff. Uh, we had a great interview with the guys they're really really talented and they are um, definitely embracing the uh, podcast and audio drama um, movement that's kind of been taken over by um, Welcome to Night Vale which we all love and uh, just it's kind of like a return to old school storytelling in one way um, but a little bit more high tech and it's fantastic how they've crossed uh, across these genres of of um, media with the comic book and the uh, their web series or podcast series that um, that connects them and it's really really great a great story some great sci-fi um, and very timely um, you'll you'll see uh, with what their stories are about and there is a new series that they have as well that we also talk about which um, is on the creepy and horror side which is dear and dear to my heart um, but before we get to that with uh, my uh, lovely co-host Barb Brees who um, was in on that interview with me um, we got some weekend geek stuff to talk about and one thing that you're not getting away from anytime soon because it goes so deep in the world of entertainment, sadly, is the sexual harassment, sexual assaults, sexual predatory nature of Hollywood that is coming to light. The open secret, if you will, that um, everyone kind of knew about, but is really coming to light right now. And it seems like every day there's a new, a new, um, story and right now as of this recording um the big one that actually people kind of knew about or suspected and it's a real tragedy is uh the Corey Haim and Charlie Sheen story and if you don't know what that is you can go look it up but near the long and short of it is um according to the rumor um, and sources, including Haim himself, who told this to people at the time um, when he filmed the film Lucas with uh, Charlie Sheen. Um, Sheen was 19 and Haim was 13 years old. Uh, apparently, uh, what is happened was Charlie Sheen raped him or assaulted him, took advantage of him. Um, so that's coming out, which is horrible. Uh, you know, and and with Haim passing, and due to uh, just bad bad things all around, and I don't want to go into that too much because, as I said, you know, it's still kind of a rumor, but um, it's it's one of those instances where you have, um, you know, people don't think so much about men having this done to them, uh, and. It happens, and and one thing that I'm really, really angry about this, and this that's the pedophilia aspect of it. Um, but the thing that really kind of angered me that happened, and I posted about this on my own Facebook feed and my Twitter feed, is there seems to be this movement uh, that doesn't allow m- men to really talk about it the things that happen to them or if they're um they're sexualized and and treated like meat which is happens and um one thing that happened recently was Kit Harrington who plays Jon Snow on Game of Thrones uh came out and was talking about you know that he he sympathized and had felt it as well what some of his female co-stars go through um because he is treated and instances where he felt sexualized, which they do that. They do that on that sh- on Game of Thrones a lot. Um, and when this came out and when he was quoted about it, he was attacked by women telling him he had no right to, to um, talk about that. Like it was something that only they had. And it was... 
it was so ridiculous to me and that but he was attacked so ferociously online about this he apologized so in essence he was victim shamed in a way and it, it it's my my thought was you know he was told that he's lying and has no right to feel the way he did which is exactly what women out there right now are saying was done to them and this was women doing it so my my thought is here and I'm sure I'm going to piss off a lot of people with this is that if you want equality it has to be equal and doing this you know it's not you know you don't own sexualization you don't own feeling like you're being used it's meat it's everyone's a human being and needs to be treated like that uh, like a human being so I found that just it's sort of ridiculous how uh, you 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 don't hold the the um the right to do that to other people especially in something like this it's just hypocrisy and um yeah i feel bad for kit harrington because he's a man that was admitting to something that's typically uh considered not a manly thing to do uh, to admit that you feel like that and and sure enough the backlash got him and I think that's wrong you don't own the you know it's definitely you there's more of it to women but it's not something that is specifically and only women that as can be allowed to feel like they're used and treated like that so anyway that's just me. That's just my thought on that matter. And I'm sure that'll piss some people off, but I don't care. That's how I feel, and I think it's true. If you want equality, you need to treat people equally. And um, in this case, this wasn't equal. This was him being attacked the same exact way that you don't want victims shamed and treated. Um, but let's go to something a little bit more happy, because I'm so every day it's something new like that, and it makes me sad because... This is the world and the um, the entertainment industry is something I love and I love films and I love television. It's why I do this stuff and it makes me sad to see this horrible, ugly side of it, which we all knew was there, but it still sucks to, to, to realize just how bad it has gotten and has always sort of been. I don't go for that. I'm, that's not why I love it. I love it for the films, I love it for the stories, I love it for the escape and the ugly harshness of reality that you run from to go to these worlds is being, those worlds are being created thanks to this ugly, harsh reality, I guess. And I'm babbling, but it's just depressing. It's really sad. So let's go to something happier. Uh, let's talk about the end of the world with Thor Ragnarok, which if you have not seen this, it's kind of funny. Um, uh, a lot of people are complaining about it being too comic booky, I guess. Or uh, I saw someone was posting about how they felt the movie was just too ridiculous and, and over the top. And my 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 answer to that was... Um, does no one remember when they turned Thor into a frog and he had his little hammer and his little helmet and he was a frog? Um, Thor Ragnarok was freaking fantastic. And if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It is just so, so good. Um, my Hulk, the Hulk parts were amazing. It's exactly what I wanted. Jeff Goldblum is playing a crazy Jeff Goldblum in it. There's all kinds of homages to different things, and it's just, just freaking great. And um, Kate Blanchett is just amazing as Hella. It's badass women. It's badass dudes. Thor is just awesome in it. I, I you know. You never think that much about him having a personality, but he does this. He's just great. He's exactly what Thor should be, which is um, the lovable lug who's who's just got a heart in the right place, but just sometimes doesn't know what to do. Um, 
It's just so good. It's it's probably my favorite Marvel film, and that's saying something considering how much I loved Doctor Strange, who is in this, and the whole sequence is like a big-ass Sherlock Holmes. Hey, look, he's Sherlock. Um, it's just great. I loved it so, so much. Um, also, uh, kind of uh, going into the world of television, which I'm not too thrilled with the f- place that you're going to have to go to watch this because right now I call it CBS All Buffering, even though it's supposed to be CBS All Access. But, you know, I have yet to see. I'm behind probably three episodes of Discovery because I can't get it to frickin' play. Um, and that is CBS All Access is going to have Jordan Peele, uh, doing a new Twilight Zone, which he's perfect for this. If you guys have seen um, his uh, just fantastic horror film that he did, Um, he's a huge horror fan, and he's really good uh, at at doing what Rod Serling did, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand with this. Um, And it's using horror and sci-fi, as a method of getting a point across of a morality tale and using it, um, well, like he did with Get Out to talk about uh, racism. He uses, you know, what Serling did so well was he used these these genres and within them hid these um, very uh, subversive stories about racism, about the um, you know the secret hatred that was just brewing in the fifties and sixties of uh, you know the the like communism and all of that and and, and racism definitely and um, I think this is like a perfect meshing of of. Twilight Zone and Jordan Peele is just perfect. Um, it's why I love Serling and think he's one of the most amazing voices ever to come out of sci-fi and what he did and with Richard Madison and those guys with Twilight Zone. So I think this is going to be great. I am really, really, really excited. And um, yeah, uh, I some people were talking about, you know, with Black Mirror, do you really need the Twilight Zone? But if it hadn't been for the Twilight Zone, you wouldn't have had that Black Mirror. And I think that um, he can do a lot with that. So uh, we'll see what happens. I hope I hope that... God, I hate the fact that it's on that CBS All Access, though. Because it really sucks. And they really need to up their... I don't know what their problem is. But if you've had issues with it, please let me know. Um because I don't want to feel left out, but from what I've heard, everyone else is having the same problem. I literally can't watch more than 30 seconds of at a time, and I just can't deal with that. I want to shove my fist in my head through a wall. Um, so, yes, I'm excited about that, but at the same time, my excitement is tapered, tampered down because of where I'm going to have to go to f- try and sadly watch it. Um, so the other big uh, news in the world of entertainment, at least in uh, geek geek entertainment right now, is the Shazam movie, which is um, just suddenly ramping up. Um, and uh, they just cast poor little Mark Strong. Mark Strong was the best thing to come out of Green Lantern, other than the fact that Ryan Reynolds finally got to make Deadpool. Uh, but Mark Strong as Sinestro was just awesome, and I'm sad that we'll probably never get to see that again. But with Shazam, um, he is going to be playing the bad guy, apparently, named Dr. Savannah. And it's interesting, the casting choices going on here, because now they've got Zachary Levi actually playing uh, Shazam, or Captain Marvel, um, not that one, in this. I'm pretty sure they're going to keep calling him Shazam, though, not to get so it wouldn't be confused with the Marvel version, which is also coming out. Uh, and that character's named Captain Marvel, but yeah, that's a girl. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not too sure about Zach Levi Shazam. Uh, a lot of people wanted The Rock for that, but he's playing Black Adam. And I'm trying to figure out how... I, I've seen Zachary Levi in person, and he's he's a fit dude, but I always pictured, you know, 
Shazam, I'm just going to call him Shazam, um, has a really buff, big guy because he's a god. Um, and I just don't know about this. You're going to have to convince me that that's a good casting choice. We'll see, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the other big news in the world of, of entertainment, which is making me very sad, um, I, I know I'm going up and down, aren't I? Is the Universal Monsters Dark Universe is pretty much done. Um, there's, people are just jumping ship with it because they, you know, they really effed up with how they did the mummy. Um, even though I enjoyed it, uh, I think people, you know, people weren't going to this for Tom Cruise, who they put as a, such a big chunk of it on him, is that they, they're coming for the monsters. And Cruise, if you've seen the, mu- the Mummy, sort of becomes a monster, but he's a new monster who's Tom Cruise. And I just... We didn't need that. We didn't need a new character to come into this as a monster hunter or a monster fighter. You could have brought Dr. Van Helsing into it and made it a Van Helsing... And this is just, I don't know, Peter Capaldi? Um, make it a Van Helsing that made sense and not Tom Cruise. Or brought back um, Rick from, you know, Brendan Fraser something like that but it just seemed like this was a was a lot of focus on him um i loved the mummy i loved i loved what they did with the with that and making it a female and and everything i i i actually really enjoyed the film but they like i said they put too much on cruise and and kind of missed the point of the people like me and and my fellow horror fans and people that grew up watching Universal's um, classic monsters is that we love the monsters. And it making it into a film that was more an action-driven one like this instead of making it more... I think they should have waited on starting with The Mummy and actually setting it in the... In, current times as well just doesn't work for these characters you you need them to be period pieces um and probably the closest we're gonna get is penny dreadful which um it just didn't work out uh because john logan for some reason stopped that after three seasons and that was bad why'd you do that so anyway uh, so Universal's looking basically for people to come in and try and help them with this. They're going to try and reboot their franchise universe that they're wanting to make already after just one movie. Um, my hope and and dream here would be to, for something good to come out of this would be Guillermo del Toro coming in and saying, okay, then I'll save your franchise that you're wanting to make, but you let me make my Frankenstein movie. And you let me cast Doug Jones as the creature, because that's something he's always wanted to do, and it would be beautiful, and go from there. You know, they 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 did this thing where they, they you know they released the photo with all the big superstars, and Johnny Depp is the Invisible Man. I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. Very, you know, not just because I'm a huge Johnny Depp fan, but because he could do, he could do that. That would be great for him. He can, he's got a voice made for it. He understands the weirdness of the Invisible Man with Claude Rains. He he gets it. Russell Crowe, I'm good with him as Jekyll and Hyde. I'm okay. I'm good with um, Javier Bardem as Doctor Frankenstein, not the creature. I'm okay with him as the Doctor. But you know they they did this thing and they put the cart before the horse, and so now it's coming to pass that. Not a lot of people are down with it, and I, as even though I, like I said, I enjoyed the Mummy, I, I, I had fun with it. It wasn't a movie that's going to, you know, you you can't start your franchise, a massive franchise that has such a history, with a movie like that. Just it isn't going to work, and it didn't. So now they're scrambling, and all this money that they've already put out 
um, they may not get a return on it. So I'm hoping that guys like James Wan or Guillermo del Toro, come on, baby, um, will come in there and, and save this because I'd love to see it. I'd love to see these creatures and monsters that I adore given their due and given something beautiful because they're there. I mean, you can totally do it, but we'll see. Um, and because I, I know we guys are, are wanting to hear our interview with Travis and Caitlin, and I want to get to that. Um, got one more thing really quickly, and that is, if you guys aren't watching Stand versus Evil second se- Stand Against Evil's second season, God, I, versus, see, it's that damn too close naming. But Stand Against Evil is, is fun as hell. And um, if you haven't watched the first season, it's on Hulu. It's available. The second season is even better and is having all kinds of cool cameos um in the uh in the season but this week's episode i was just geeking out because i am a huge reanimator fan and i absolutely adore and love jeffrey combs and he's in this this episode uh that aired this week actually tonight and he plays a con man who was burned at the stake as a witch um back in the days of um the town's witch burning and uh, he I swear to God I don't know if he did this or if it was somebody else but he's totally dressed like the 12th doctor he's got that I mean down the 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 ruby velvety jacket white uh collared shirt and black vest the whole thing even the pocket watch totally dressed like the 12th Doctor. So I'm having a lot of feelings with Jeffrey Combs dressing like Peter Capaldi. It's my kind of porn. I'm sorry, what? Did I say that? Yes, I did. Um, but uh, if you're not watching the show, it's so, so good. And John C. McGinley is so awesome in it. There's Dana Gould has created a really neat show, and it's just packed with homages and things, and I really, really love it. Um so check it out. It's on, I believe, IFC. And, but you can watch the entire first season right now on Hulu. And with that, let's get to our interview segment um, for this week with Travis and Caitlin. Um, and as I said, we'll have links on fangirlmag.com for you for their, um, their various things, including their comic books, where you can find those, um, all of their podcasts and audio dramas that they've got going on. We will have them up there um, when you hear us talk about this stuff so you can go find it and listen and enjoy it. And with that, um, we're going to go to our interview. I want to thank you guys for listening to me babble about this week's geekery. And um, we'll see you soon on Fangirl Radio, hopefully next week. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome to the Fangirl Radio show Travis Vingroff, and you let me know if I'm saying that wrong, and Caitlin Statz, the creators of Liberty Endures, Liberty Deception, the Liberty series, which is both a comic book and an online podcast, as well as the new White Vault series podcast, which sounds awesome. And actually, you, uh, you were just saying that hit the top 100 on iTunes, which is fabulous. Welcome to Fangirl Radio. Thank you for having us. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So let's talk about how you've kind of combined media because I think that is just awesome. And let's start with Liberty and how it became this kind of cross media uh, gauntlet that you've created because it's pretty amazing. So it started off as the comic book, and for that section, I'm actually going to pass you to Travis, and then we'll come back to me for the audio drama. Um. <laughs> so comic books are, are kind of a difficult endeavor. They take a lot of time. I've been working on the idea of making this into a comic, this story I had for almost 10 years. It's a really slow, arduous process of like finding the artist. And then once you have a team you've put together, to create the first 120 pages is like a year or a six-month endeavor. So while we started on this process, Caitlin uh, Stats, who's with me, um, speaking also, she said, uh, <laughs> well, what if we did like an audio drama, like a radio play? Because you're sort of an audio like – I've, I've been in a band before, and I was in a band, and I did a lot of audio editing and video editing. And uh, she suggested that it would be kind of a, a fun, quick way to engage people with new stories while we're waiting on the comic book to be created. So he's not, he's not selling himself. 
the, the good way. Um, so he had created this world. The Liberty world itself is incredibly detailed. He spent a lot of time making a universe that's completely separate from Earth. And it's a great storytelling platform. Um, when I was looking at how long it was taking him to get content out and how he had put all this work into a world that he wasn't introducing, I thought, okay, well, I can write stories that fit into your world. And instead of doing something arduous like making a comic book, uh, we can <laughs> write it, record it, produce it, and get it up on the internet and get people interested in the world of liberty before the comic book even came out. And that's the beginning of our multimedia cross-platforming uh, world of liberty. So <laughs> nice. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I trust us. We know we've done um, like, I think total of three Halloween specials for the show and it's not easy to do and edit and put together. So it's pretty amazing that you're able to do both to me. <laughs> yeah. We got comments. You, you guys probably get it too. Being podcasters like, Oh, why don't you put out more content? We're like, cause it's hard guys. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it, it is a lot of work. And I, I love, I love um, your Liberty Deception that, uh, that I read, which was really cool. And I liked how you took this character and how you've kind of, I don't know how much I can spoil and I don't want to spoil anything. I want people to go get the book. Um, but how the character and, and you've created this world of uh, a government that's using it, using TV to spread this propaganda and what happens to this actor who gets caught up in it and thinks he's safe and then ends up having to use his, his trade and his, um, his skills to kind of survive in, in this world that he's helped create and, and how it kind of backfires on him. We always say that his only skill, oh, sorry, that's our dog. <laughs> we always say that his only skill is his ability to lie really well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we, so, we've actually played up a lot of the propaganda elements also on the podcast. Yep. Um, it's, it's been kind of fun uh, to basically, like, the idea is this whole uh, colony is brainwashed, or half of the colony, into thinking very specific things and how great the government is and how lucky they are. And we, uh, we've had a, a lot of fun, Caitlin and I, uh, expanding on it in various different mediums from the Citizen's Guidebook, which we're about to release soon. is just like literally a book of their history from their perspective to uh, the podcast episodes, which have like advertisements for you know, nutritional absorption <laughs> supplemental shots and things. So it's a really good storytelling tool. Like you said, there's the in interior state propaganda, really high tech. And then you, when you got to the end of the book, you noticed they're outside the walls, a little bit more. <laughs> Mad Max. <-ish. laughs> so it's a good storytelling element. We can set a story in one setting or the other or play off of that interplay between the two different types of uh, ways of living, the totalitarian government or the completely free state. Um, and we've done pretty well. So far, I think, <laughs> tuning my own horn, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, th I think it's fantastic. And I'm going to let Barb ask a couple of questions as well. But one thing I wanted to, to, to talk, find out from you guys is how is our current state of affairs here in the States uh, affecting your storytelling? And is it going to affect any future things? Because we're kind of living in this in a time that we've never experienced before where our government is in the hands of, we shall we say, not the best group of people to a lot of us. And, and, and we're finding out, uh, you know, on both sides, there's been some, some sort of, of line and cover up, uh, you know, how, how timely and perfect is, a, is, is Liberty right now with this and how is it affecting your storytelling? I think, Liberty is perfect in that it's not perfect. It shows what that kind of totalitarian government ends up being like. Um, the reality of when you think you can control everybody is that you're not, you're not going to have that tight control. And eventually things aren't going to work the way that the government would want it to. Um, I think it's interesting to, to look at parallels like that. But honestly, it feels like the reality is a bit more crazy than the book that we're writing right now. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it, it, it's true. I mean, it, it kind of is kind of insane right now. I mean, I, your your book kind of makes more sense than what we've got. <laughs> <laughs> so brain pretty like brainwashed and, and stuff. They're very inclusive. Everyone is you know welcome. Yeah, it's a very welcoming society as long as you follow their, their specific rules. And I feel like that's the uh, utopian side of their world that we're sorely missing out on. So... <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Um, Barb, I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to you because I know that you've, you've taken, uh, you've, you've listened to some of the podcasts and things too. And I want to make sure. I have absolutely. Um, I have listened to a couple of your episodes of tales from the tower. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a horror girl than a sci-fi. Me and, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the first thing I, I liked about it was the fact that you can just jump right in and you don't have to have to have listened to a prior episode. There's nothing that you really need to catch up on. You can kind of just jump in and kind of get immersed in, in the storytelling. And I also think the stories or the, the storylines are really, really fascinating and entertaining and they're just kind of addictive and I was kind of wondering, um, how long does it usually take to record an episode? And how do you decide on the voice acting and the sound effects? Because everything's just so, it comes together so brilliantly. It's just really, really nice and crisp. And I mean, I just get sucked right in. So I'm I'm just more interested in like the whole technical behind the scenes type of thing. Is how to, <laughs> You, you how just basically ask them. them what everything that they do for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making you work. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, we actually get this question a lot. We also we give talks on how we make audio dramas at conventions. So we do get this question, like, how long does it take you to do something? Um, so when it comes to writing, since I usually write this book, it'll take me anywhere from a day, if I'm being prolific, or oh. a week. <laughs> to, oh, wow. Uh, to write the first draft um and then we send it off to an editor who's usually uh emily and then emily will get back with her draft and she is brutally honest so she'll it'll be like red marked to high heaven in there. nice <laughs> we go through that we edit that back to edits get it done and then we start going through and we highlight okay how many voice actors do we need do we want specific types of voices do we need someone who sounds like a like a young 13 year old girl or do we need someone who sounds like a really really old man or something like that um and we write those down and we then we put out casting calls or if we have somebody in mind because we work with a lot of fantastic actors right um, we'll say hey we have a, a part in mind for you if you have the time or if you'd like to um and then we're going to pass it off to Travis because I don't do production. I do writing and casting. So every, okay. every story is a little bit different. Um, there's like, there was one story that uh, was written, which takes place in an interrogation room. That's the entire setting of the whole story. It's three characters. Each of the three characters recorded their parts in less than an afternoon. And then Caitlin was like, okay, for our next episode, we will have a two hour special <laughs> featuring uh, about 20 people. Uh, <laughs> One of which, the main character of which is going to, uh, this is a really great voice actor, let's use him, but he's from England, but we want him to do an American accent, which is very tough for him. <laughs> so, he was wonderful, uh, and uh, he was beautiful enough to give me three takes of every line so that I had a little bit of cutting room and making things sound realistic in the, uh, the interplay between characters. But all in all, it was about four hours of uncut audio from that one actor alone. Oh, wow. So, um, wow. Then, you know, there's the sound effects and the ambiences, and uh, some of those I use from uh, libraries I've purchased online. Other ones are freeware you can get online from, like, Freesound. Um, and then I usually wind up recording for about, uh, well, it depends for every episode, but I put in a fair amount of my own uh, special homebrew sound effects that I create. So I think oh, we did the math cool. on it before, and we do anywhere between 10 to 20 total hours of work on an episode and that's because episodes can be such large varyings of length we can yeah, have right. an episode that's 15 minutes or an episode that's nearly an hour um yeah <laughs> depending on the episode you heard it could have been a lot harder or a lot easier mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Good. I think a lot of people don't really think when, you know, because everybody's so visual now. So, so an audio situation, I don't know if people really give much thought as to how much work actually goes into producing something like that. You know, it's like everybody thinks it's, oh, well, we're not seeing you. It's just somebody yeah. reading into a microphone. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't know if they appreciate the, the effort that goes behind it all, like behind the scenes and everything. And we do it but, all during our yeah, exactly. after our I actual think, jobs. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be a little bit harder or more difficult to, to get what exactly you want across without, without the visual aspect. Yeah, it, it, it so, can, but we're really yeah. that we work with some great actors who can convey what we want and that we have Travis to do Sound effect extraordinaire. Well, there's something else to be said about um, to write for an audio uh, player, radio drama, an audio drama is a little bit different than writing for film or for a comic book even. It's mm -hmm. a, a very different skill set, or at least a, yeah, a very different he, uh, theory. Well I, well, I know when we did ours, um, you have to think about, okay, they're not go it's going to have to be a, a situation where sound and what they're – you can convey what's going on with 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 audio and not visual cues, and and it's you know you got to put your brain in that mindset. And uh, I know that was fun for us because <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine when we do it once a year, if we're lucky, what it's like to do monthly or weekly, even. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite insane. And then we we try to keep to that every two week schedule, and it's. It's madness. <laughs> and then you, the, the day before the, you're like, okay, it comes out in 48 hours and you're editing it. And then you realize, oh no, a monologue's missing. What do I do? Oh. <laughs> the, the ten, I'm, I'm sure you, you know this, but like the 10 to 20 hours doesn't even account for the brainless time I just spend on social media, talking to people, trying to respond to people's comments on episodes Things like that, keeping the the audience entertained and making them know that we're not some soulless corporation. This is just us doing it. So we try to reach out, and man, that takes a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, has there ever been someone that uh, specifically, like an, an actor-wise, that you've wanted to have as a as a in the show as a as a voice actor, or just absolutely, as a cameo? Absolutely. Um, so we are really, really big fans of the no sleep podcast. Um, we've been listening to them for years and years. And then when we started making our podcast, we got better and we got better and we started doing, um, season one of tales from the tower. And we decided, okay, well, why don't we reach out to one of the voice actors that we love hearing the voice of on the no sleep podcast. We reached out to him. He is an amazing guy. And he started doing tales from the tower for us. Um, and then we ended up playing D and D with him and oh just, my God, that's he's awesome. such a nice guy. And then we actually finally met him in person. And that was like, this is such a strange thing, but yeah, we, we've had, it's an amazing community. So it's not been like a fearful step into the unknown. It's kind of like an open door, like, Oh, we'll teach you how to, choose your interface and oh you need voice actors here go to this forum and submit your call for voice actors everyone's really helpful so when we said hey can we get this guy and we were able to and we didn't just get a voice we got a friend out of it so that was fantastic that's fabulous cool. yeah so i wanted to give you a chance to talk about because i'm going to go listen to this after i'm done putting this show together <laughs> the the white vault, which sounds yes. very, it sounds very it's, inspired by the thing. Am I wrong? Is, is there more? Very. Oh. I, I, I've actually listened to the first episode when it came out. And yeah, I, I was very, it, it was very thingy to me. It was awesome. <laughs> it was very thingy. We're very thingy. <laughs> um, I, I didn't write it with the thing in mind granted i loved i loved that movie um the but i didn't write it with that in mind but i've had people compare it to that all, all, already online and 
I don't want to say if someone's right. I don't want to say if someone's wrong because there's still a lot more of the mystery that's going to be kind of unraveling as the episodes go on. Um, it's going to be like multi-season story arcs. So I know we've had a few people say, oh, what's going on? I'm three episodes in and I don't know what's happening. And I was like, it's okay. You don't have to know the whole story yet. It's going to get there. <laughs> so for those uh, listening who have no idea what we're talking oh, about, gosh, yeah. you start off, there's uh, a repair team sent to this place in the Arctic Circle. They There's a signal sent out from a, a research station and they're basically sent to find out what's wrong, find that if maybe there's some tourists trapped there. Uh, it's an international team, actually, of international actors. Uh, that, that On the show, they're not actors, but we've, we've got actually, you know, the guy from Iceland is actually Icelandic. The person from Germany is actually German. Uh, the guy from the UK is actually from the UK. Uh, but they're, they're on their way out there into the cold north where it's very lonely, and the polar bears outnumber the number of people uh, up there. Wow. And horror I, ensues. And horror ensues, as it will. <laughs> that is fabulous. Is there now? You guys, you you're very, you do a lot of audio, but like I could totally see some of this stuff becoming series. Is there any, you know, like online as well as on TV, even or even film? Is there any um, any ideas or possibilities going forward of having maybe like a YouTube online series based on this stuff with live action? Or So one of the reasons that we don't really push for that, um, especially doing something like a YouTube or doing things like comic books, is um, they are a lot more expensive to make. And when we're just making this out of our house, I, I write in my free time or sitting on the couch and he can do most of the recording here. We work with great actors who are friends of ours and who help us make this for free because we really don't get paid enough to pay anybody else, including ourselves. Um, right. And if you start making things like YouTube videos, then buying props and renting locations and things like that, just it becomes unsustainable for us um, as small indie creators. And I feel as though currently we can tell a much better story in a podcast medium. Gotcha. Yeah, we no, need, we, we we need more than our full-time jobs to pay for it if it was video. <laughs> no, we understand that totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Barb, I, uh, you have any further questions? I, I don't, I'm hogging things and I don't like. Oh no. Um, I, I basically, I was just wondering where the initial inspiration or influence came from to start the audio drama. Um, I know uh, it's kind of, I have actually I have a couple of friends who kind of dabble in the medium and I was just wondering where you got the idea to take it from the graphic novel or um, and make it into kind of like an episodic kind of drama for us to listen to. So years, years before I even met Travis or learned about Liberty, um, I used to get on a bus every day and that bus would take me into town and I'd go to class and then I'd rush back to go get the bus and I'd come back home. Um, and it was cold and I didn't want to do anything. So I was like this big puffy marshmallow of a person walking to the bus <laughs> <laughs> and I would just have my earbuds in and I'd have my iPod in my pocket still when people had iPods instead of like iPhones. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I always listen to people um, playing D&D. I listen to D&D live play podcasts because I love D&D, had no friends and wanted to play D&D, but couldn't. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I sound so weird. Anyway, um, so I would listen to these things. And I, I really loved that a couple of people sitting, or not a couple, but usually five or six people sitting around a table rolling dice could have this amazing wonderful story just be created in front of them and that I got to be part of it right um, so in a few years later um I met Travis and we were listening to the no sleep podcast that was the first podcast he had ever listened to yep. <laughs> and eventually we came up with the idea of well I came up sorry I came up no, with no, the she's, idea. so cool and scholar productions you can guess which one of us is which <laughs> I came up with the idea well let's Let's give this a try. You have an audio background, and I'm a eh, writer, so that worked out pretty well. Um, and by the time we had written the entire first season of Critical Research, 
uh, which is the roughest season. So Liberty, critical research. <laughs> We're sorry. Some people find that rough, but it was honestly like our, our, it was our dabbling. It was our, hey, can we do this? Can we create something that people would even want to listen to? Mm-hmm. And holy crap, people listen to it. Right. So we, we forced ourselves to get better at it. Um, Travis got better at doing everything that he does. We found better sound effects libraries. Well, he studied things. You're missing a, a key great part here, though. We, we actually, we found the, the greater audio drama community, uh, which really, like, opened my oh, eyes yeah. to what there was out there. Like, there are so many other audio dramas that we were introduced to uh, through this community, uh, the Audio Drama Production Podcast Group. And that uh, really showed me what was possible to do with audio. So I don't think that there was like a, a click moment. I think it was more of like a snowball effect. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, well, I hope that answers. I, I think you have done brilliantly. Like I said, I mean, your episodes are very atmospheric and I just get sucked in. I, I'm just, I apologize that I haven't had the time to like just sit and listen to like episode after episode after episode. <laughs> But, you know, I, I've got kids and real life sucks and it takes all away from all the fun. <laughs> You're bringing us down, Bar. No, that's not my intention. But no, but what I have heard from the, from the tower and from the white vault, I mean, it's it's just amazing. And I hope I hear a lot more from you guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. We'll be putting yeah. more up. Um, the White Vault goes until February, and then in February we start the new Liberty show, which is Liberty Vigilance. Basically, okay. playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons only set in the Liberty universe, we sort of built our own system, uh, and the players are uh, Charlie Barnett from Chicago Fire, um, okay. Ashley oh, wow. Birch from, uh, well, Ashley's in a lot of things. Um <laughs> She was in Dawn Zero Horizon and Life is Strange and stuff. Uh, and then um, Peter Lewis from the No Sleep podcast and Caitlin Stutz. <laughs> so that's for that one, nice. we're going out of our comfort zone. Um, we're usually doing completely scripted. This one's a little bit off script, uh, but we're actually taking all of the voices. So, you know, if you play D&D, then you'll know that it's usually the DM making a bunch of different types of voices to try and be all the different characters. But we're actually having people record those lines. We're putting in sound effects. So we're trying to make a impromptu sci-fi experience. And it'll be our first attempt at that. So when you hear the Dungeon Master voice also, instead of hearing my my voice, you'll hear uh, Wayne June from Darkest Dungeon or all the Lovecraft uh, books on tape. Nice. Oh, my God. That sounds so awesome. Yeah. Oh Okay, I'm 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 on I'm board. in, yeah. I'm on board with all of this. I'm on board with all of this. Um, so my final question for you guys is I'm just curious because it seems like the UK has more of we're it's getting bigger here in ter- because of the of podcasting, but I've noticed that the UK seems to have really embraced audio dramas specifically because of Big Finish and, and places like that. Have you noticed that you have more uh, listeners from uh, from one part of the world as opposed to another? Have you checked on that? I'm just curious. So we definitely have more reviews from U.S.-based listeners, or at least people using a U.S.-based iTunes account. Um, but... <laughs> strangely enough that you said that when we actually started writing our very first <laughs> audio drama when we were living in England um, oh my <laughs> there you go. I don't know what it is maybe That's it's just awesome. the chilly air and the constant pumping of tea into your veins but you're tea. up all the time and you just want to create things <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God. That's fabulous. Well, guys, I, I love that you're doing this. I love that you're creating in, in, in this world. Cause I think it's, it's amazing to have these voices in and allow your imagination to create it in your head. Um, what you're, you know, in, in creating that world. Cause it, it makes it more personal and it makes it more you're there. And I think that is one of the best parts about storytelling. Cause it goes back to its core roots. Um, so I really appreciate it and I love that. Uh, so, uh, everybody, we're going to have links to all of this on fangirlmag.com. All of it. All of it. We're going to have one, uh, I'm going to do a, it's going to be a post of nothing but links to audio stuff, 
uh, comics online, all of it. We're going to give you all of this um, for these guys. But I want to give you guys a chance to um, give a shout out to where you're going to be and where they can find your stuff as well here. Um, Because we met at a convention and it was it was awesome and because i saw their stuff and then i showed them my business card and made them look for things in it that are hidden <laughs> but uh, i just wanted I to give... thank oh, i just oh, wanted to thank you guys for following me back on twitter because i followed you guys and i got a follow back and it kind of gave me a squee for the day i was like yay yay <laughs> it made me feel special i was like right on so yeah thanks for making my day with that little thing it's the little things that count that make me happy. So, you know, <laughs> we're happy Absolutely. to follow. We're happy to, again, do that social media thing that you, you, that you do. There's yeah. so much work that goes into it behind the scenes. Like even just sitting down and recording with us right now, we know that you guys are going to have to do so much work on top of this. It's like battling. It was this 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 interview specifically was a battle because it was like the month of October. We were supposed oh. to do this earlier last month, and it was like <laughs> the universe just did not Earth, want us. Yeah, to it say. hated us. It's like, no, you're not going to get it today. Let's try it nope. again later. <laughs> nope, nope, not then either. Nope. <laughs> well guys thank you so much again and uh where can we find you like what conventions are you going to in the next uh couple months because i know we're getting towards the that kind of slump in conventions but there's still some out there all right travis what conventions are we going to um i know that our our friend uh the the co-creator of the liberty comic the guy does the storyboards adam and his wife are going to be up at uh, emerald city comic con that'll be our first one of the year and I believe we're also scheduled for uh, Rose City on that coast. We'll also be in Tampa Bay Comic Con and uh, MegaCon as well. Oh, cool. Nice. Those are some good ones. Emerald City has gotten huge. It's amazing. Like it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't gone yet. I've just seen pictures. And um, that's one on my list of bu- my bucket list of conventions to hit because it just looks massive now. Look, uh, Travis and Caitlin, thank you again so much for coming on. And um, we'd love to have you back to talk uh, again when you're uh, about more of your stuff, once you have more stuff to push. And, and I mean, it's been fabulous. And keep up the great work because yeah. you guys are storytellers and it's amazing what you're doing with it. I think that's fabulous. Well, thank you so much. And thank, thank you so much for having us and putting up with all the different time date changes for getting this thing over. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It's part of the thing, man. It's part of our, it's just, it's life. I guess that's the only way to say it. it's life. Well, thank you again. And um, like I said, uh, everybody will have links to all of the podcasts and uh, links to places where you can go find the comics online up on fangirlmag.com. So thank you guys again. This has been great.